Greg, Maya, and Betty are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They're just a bunch of nerds who enjoy talking about movies, shows, and current events. So sit back, grab a coffee, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of All Queued Up. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of All Queued Up, the review podcast tied to streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, Disney Plus, etc., etc., etc. I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Maya Don Fisher and Betty Badger. How are you two doing this week, this last week? How's it been with weeks? Betty, you go first. Well, I had a nasty encounter with a broom. Now I have a wound. I saw that. And yeah, that's how my week's going so far. What about you, Mai? Your week's going much better. <laughs> my week's been pretty awesome. Um, got scheduled to get the second and final dose of the Moderna vaccination uh, for next week. Uh, got that scheduled this morning. Um, got my new Social Security card in the mail for my, up, my updated Social Security card, so I'm government legal. And today I go and as soon as we get done recording, I go and get my new driver's license updated. Uh, booked a trip. Uh, we're taking a trip the week after mine and Misty's, well, the day after Misty's birthday, a week after mine. Uh, so we're going to Northern Virginia to go camping with friends in two weeks. Uh, so, yeah, that's all gone down in the past few days and just really exciting stuff and Happy to get some sort of normalcy back, you know, and see friends that I haven't seen in 18 months. And, you know, a camping trip, it's outdoors, and everybody there is going to be vaccinated. So it's very, very, very low risk. And since it's just going to be a group of us isolated, it's not like we're going to, even though we're going to Northern Virginia, a higher population center, it's not like we're going to be around a lot of people. So we feel pretty safe from doing so. And plus, being fully vaccinated, of course, you know, really excited about all that. So I had a great week, you could say. Um, how about you, Greg? Uh, it's it's been it's been okay. Uh, I um I do want to address something that I said last week on the last episode of the podcast that um I hadn't listened to Little Nas X's uh, "Call Me by Your Name." I hadn't listened to the whole song, just a little bit what I heard on TikTok. Uh, the whole song is fantastic. Like, mm-hmm. I really enjoy it. It's it's fucking it solid. I love it. So, um, don't judge a book for us cover, folks. That's, that's the lesson yeah, here. I, did you like the video? Yeah, it was very artistic. It was also like yeah. he played every single role. I was like, this mm-hmm. is great. Uh, yeah, it was really good. But um, also, like... It's it's artistic expression of what he's experienced with a gay, as a gay man, that he's been told he's going to hell no matter what, and that, uh, and he's just basically embraced it in a way. Like it's it's really fucking clever. So, um, let's give him also, something he tweet- to talk about. He tweeted out the other day of, uh, um, it was like how I feel about or when when I find when. When I hear people get upset that my song about gay sex is at number one, and it's just it was this picture of like SpongeBob and some other character fucking maniacally laughing, it was great. Uh, but um, 
Yeah, I haven't really done too much this week. I did schedule my first shot of the Moderna vaccine, so I'm very excited about that. I'm getting that later today as of recording. Um, Hell yeah. The only problem is that, like, I kept, because there's a website, uh, which is, uh, um, it's like myturn.org, something. I don't remember, but it, I just Googled my turn vaccine, and it took me to the website. Um, oh, and, I got uh, a stimulus today, finally, too. That was another uh, thing that happened. Sweet stimmy. Exciting. <laughs> yeah. uh, Sorry. Carry on. You're fine. Um, I kept going to the website, and it was just like, there's no places available. There's no places available for ever and ever and ever and ever. And uh, so then I um, I went there Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon. I don't remember which. But I, uh, it was like, there's one location that's taking appointments right now. I was like, oh, cool. Where? I was like. It's about 25 minutes drive. Okay, well. Oh, that's nothing here. <laughs> I know. I that's know. any um, drive here. Yeah, I know, right? I want to make it out <laughs> to the highway now. It's a 20-minute drive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to go do that today, and it's, it's exciting. But um, there was uh, there's a game that came out very recently that I've been playing with my buddy Andy, uh, and it is incredible. Like, have you have either of you heard of a game called A Way Out? No, nope. maybe. Okay. Um, so there, the, this guy. Uh, uh, the first time anyone had ever really heard of the guy was at a the video game awards. His name is like Joseph Farah Far Faris or something like that. But he um, uh, he made a game called Brothers, um, and then there's a subtitle to it. I'm familiar. I'm familiar with that one. Yeah, I know that one. I have that um, one on download. He then made another game called A Way Out, which is actually on Game Pass right now. Uh, but I played it with my buddy Andy as well. And the idea is that these two guys, um, Leo and oh, I don't remember the other guy's name, uh, they are in prison together. You actually start the game not knowing each other. You go through a certain section without knowing each other at all. The game's in, in like split down the center split screen. And... Um, as you play the game and you decide to do a prison break, like the two characters decide to go with a prison break, uh, it, it becomes a two-player puzzle game where each of you has to figure out how to get through something, you know, with each other's skills. Um, the, the rest of the story is, is a lot of fun. Like, they do escape prison. They, they take care of some stuff. But most of the game is, a, is an action puzzle. There are a few moments, especially towards the end, with uh, some shooty bits. But the story's <clears throat> the story's great, and the reason that I mentioned this game and I mentioned the guy who made it was because his famousness from the Game Awards was he looked at Jeff Keighley and he goes, "Can I cuss?" And Jeff was like, "Yeah, sure, but not too much." And he just goes, "Fuck the Oscars," um, which was hilarious, and that's what people like remember him for. But they went and made a new game called It Takes Two. Uh, the general plot of the game is that. Um, these two parents are getting a divorce and their daughter, it, you know, she's, she's young. She's like 10. I would say she feels like this is partially her fault. She feels like that she needs to do something to fix it. And in a moment, she, she basically created two dolls that look like her parents and one's made out of clay and one's made out of wood. And uh, she's in the shed and she cries and she cries on them, which somehow got their the the parents spirit into the dolls 
this book shows up um, and it's, uh, it has a very strong Spanish accent, but the book counts as a marriage counselor and is forcing these two to go through stages that are puzzle based in order to solve their marriage. And each stage has to do with what the characters are going through. So, but what makes the game so clever outside of just the story is how they've implemented puzzles. So for the first stage of the game, the first, because there's like seven, seven full on stages, um, each player gets a different ability. The, whoever's playing as the, as the dad gets uh, nails that he can throw into the wall and call back to him while the mom gets a giant fucking hammer that she can just destroy things with. Um, she can also use the hammer to, to like swing on the nails that the, that the dad throws. So there's a lot of puzzles involving that. It's great. Um, then uh, the next stage uh, is really funny to me because you get out of the shed and you're in a tree and you meet up with these squirrels. The game gets like weirdly adult at this point because the squirrels are in a war with the wasps, but it's super fucking like the squirrels have, have scars on them and they're all battle-worn and talking about how they have to kill the wasps because of this. And they built a giant wasp robot that has now their queen because it changed sides. So they give you and um, uh, they give you your characters weapons. The dad gets a, almost like a grenade launcher that shoots uh, a flammable nectar while the mom gets a sniper rifle that's made out of um, tubing and uh, matches. So when the husband fires the, the nectar and hits something that needs to be blown up, the, the mom then has to shoot it to blow it up. Yeah. So on and so forth. Um, the third stage is... Uh, um, so yeah, so sorry, I, I got I to gotta fix it. So towards the end of that whole thing with the squirrels, you destroy the, the giant mechanical wasp and... Uh, you go back to the headquarters of the squirrels and you learn that the wasp was being controlled by a bumblebee to which you did not kill the bumblebee because you're being empathetic towards it. The wasps are the, the squirrels then start fucking opening fire on the mom and dad and the wasp to which they escape. They go outside the wasp or the, the bumblebee just takes off. It's just like, all right, bye guys. Bye. And they're like, hold on. But like fucking carry us with you. And it just goes, Bye. <laughs> It just straight leaves you behind after you saving it. You jump into a, 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 a helicopter, or not a helicopter, but a biplane that's made out of like the dad's fucking uh, um, boxers. And oh. uh, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, no, it's just makeshift. Like it's made out of his boxers and, a, and a, like a two liter of, of soda. It's hilarious. Um, you then have to like, the, the dad has to fly the plane while the mom is on the gunner. And uh, you go through this area, you, you get through it, whatever. But at the end, um, as you're finishing that whole stage, the commander of the squirrels, the guy with like the scar on his face and all kinds of shit like that, he jumps onto the biplane on top and he kicks the mom out of the gunner seat. Then the game turns into a fighting game for the mom. Like it literally turns into fucking Street Fighter suddenly where the dad's like controlling the plane, flying through obstacles while the mom's on the back fucking having a... a, a <laughs> A Street Fighter style battle with this squirrel. Fucking hilarious. And the whole game mm. is like this. Like 
it's the silliest adult shit that you've ever seen. Okay, um, I gotta ask, what happens at the end? Do the parents fall? I don't know. No, no, don't love? No, well, no, I'm curious because what kind of message is this sending to children? I, so throughout you know, the, so, so so I'll tell you right now, this isn't a kids game. Straight up, it's not a kids game. The puzzles are too complicated for kids. Um, you know, Andy and I have played about eight hours of it, maybe a little bit more. And we've gotten to a point where we're just like, he's like, I'm thinking about getting this for the kids. But after having solved some of these puzzles, I don't think the kids should like, I don't think they'd enjoy it. And I was like, I, I think, think I agree with you on that. Playing games about divorce to begin with, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's like uh, after, after the, the girl's room, um, it then turns into something else where the dad, uh, um, I'm going to spoil this one little thing because it's really fucking funny to me, but the idea inside, and this is only the third stage, by the way. So there's four others after this. So it's, it's still roughly the beginning of the game, but you're in Rose's room, the, da the daughter's room, and they have discovered, they, they figured out that the way to change back is to have their daughter cry. Um, so the way that they know they can get her to cry is the dad had built this giant castle in her room. And, and, and Rose made this, her favorite stuffed animal, an elephant, the queen. Uh, so you go through a series of obstacles and puzzles, which is honestly the mean bones of this game is where I have, you have the most fun. The story is, is fine, but you know, the puzzles are where the game's at. Um, you get up to the top of the castle and you meet up with the queen to which the, the parents then try to kill the elephant. It runs away, gets into a rocket, crash lands inside a claw machine to which they pull it out and um, like it tries to stop and, you, and, and the mom and dad are tugging on its legs to which one of its legs gets ripped off. Then you, then you and the mom, you would both whoever's playing have to drag the elephant towards the edge of the fucking uh, uh, castle that they built. Um it grabs onto something halfway there and this giant like screw like hits it hits the elephant in the ear to which then you tug the elephant off of it and rip off its ear this whole time the elephant's just going i don't want to die please don't kill me it gets dark andy and i were just like i feel fucking terrible doing this like we're making the daughter cry intentionally but it's also so how really long before funny. you know some channels start exploiting this on YouTube and having have uh, arguing couples play this game on YouTube. So it's, yeah. it's, already, it's already happening. It's already happening. Oh my so, god! Uh, of course it is. Joseph, yeah, Joseph, Joseph Ferris or whatever the fuck his name is. He uh, he talked about in an interview. He was like, "I want couples to play this game. I want married couples, people going through, you know, like their their fiancés or girlfriend. I want couples to play this game." Um, because after the, that scene in the daughter's room, spoiler, the cry, the fucking tears don't work. I knew they weren't. The game was, you know, too short for that point. It's got four more episodes. Um, yeah. It's got four more pieces to it. And, and like, uh, after that, it turns into that book that I was talking about transporting the parents into different locations based on what, like you would have a conversation in a couple's therapy situation. So like, um, she says to, to the, she says to the dad, the mom says to the dad, like, you don't ever, um, you don't ever make time or something like that. And he was like, she was like, you think time is infinite or whatever. And he says to her, um, like, essentially like, I wish you were in two places at once. 
So the book then puts them inside a cuckoo clock and gives the mom the ability to make a clone of herself to which she can zip to. And the dad gets a, like a little stopwatch where he can rewind a fast forward time. So weird. Oh, it's yeah. The rest of the game basically becomes a fucking couples therapy such uh, sesh. So highly, 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 highly recommend playing it with somebody who enjoys, you know, these puzzle type games. Um, the 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 fucking scenarios and stuff that they built for this and the ending of levels is so much fucking fun. Like as Andy and I kept going through the game, we were just like, "This is amazing!" Like, because th that's the other thing that they do is that each stage is a different type of game. It becomes a different game all the time. Uh it, it's it, like it's it's so hard to explain because the puzzles are never the same. Like, have you ever played Portal Two? Either of you? Nope. Nope. Okay, well, I can't really think of another example, but Portal 2 never really changes its its theme. It just adds new obstacles. This game is always like, well, you solved that whole stage, which had certain types of puzzles. Now go to the next stage, which is an entirely new set of puzzles. Entirely new set with different abilities and different objectives. Like, it's it's insane. I have I have not gotten bored of this game. Like I, I want to play it today, but we can't because we're both busy. I dropped my phone. <laughs> so, sorry about that, guys. I, I I love the game, and I just wanted to tell you guys. I know we don't talk about games on the podcast very often, but um, I uh, I needed to tell people about it because it's such a fucking good game. So, if you have if you have the opportunity, I highly recommend it. Um, one of the great things about the game is um, I rented it through Gamefly and um, the way that I'm playing with Andy is online and all he had to do was download a thing called the Friends Pass, which is something that EA did where neither of us technically bought the game. But if one person buys the game, the other person can play it for free. Or um, has access to it, say, if they rent it like Gamefly. Right. Cool. So. Yeah, it was it was really it's really fucking neat. What? But uh and it's called it takes two. It takes two, yeah. Uh really fucking enjoying it. I'm I'm excited to find it. Like we're gonna beat it tomorrow. So I'll know exactly how it ends, but it's it's a solid ten out of ten right now. A really, really solid ten out of ten. It's also really well constructed because neither of us have really had any glitches or game breaking problems. That's and cool. Yeah, I, I'm gonna look it up. Yeah. Like and again if you if you if you if you don't have anyone to play with it, like definitely watch a YouTuber that's playing with their significant other of some kind or like another friend where they're yelling at each other because it might be hilarious, but maybe I'll like, try and play with my kid. There you go. There you go. Also check <laughs> out be like Betty, Betty, you have uh Game Pass, so you have the ability to download a way out. Like mm -hmm. that's also one I recommend. Um same same company, same guy. Uh, the voice acting in that one is a little iffy on certain parts, but you know, he's also starting off as a company and trying to, you know, get a foothold. So kudos to him. But, um, that, that, yeah, I can't, I can't recommend it enough. It's great. But, uh, but yeah, enough of that guys, enough of, enough of that game. It's, it's great. Whatever. Uh, we're going to talk about episode three of Falcon and winter soldier and episodes one through four of, of, uh, Invincible on Amazon Prime. Those are our discussions today. So 
Are you two ready to dive into episode three of Falcon and Winter Soldier? I am ready. All righty. In this episode, we see uh, Bucky meet up with Zemo. And the last time we saw Zemo was in Civil War. Um, he uh, he's different in this in the MCU than he is in the comics. Um, in the comics, he is a he is he's the son of this particular character. Um, is the son of um, because because the name Zemo is the family name, but Baron is like yeah. is just the title. Yeah. Uh, his dad, his dad fought Captain America. Was like got sprayed with an adhesive or splashed with an adhesive, which forced that purple mask you see him wearing this episode to his head. His son later, who this character is based off of, just kind of kept the moniker going to fight Captain America. Um, and uh, for the sake of the show, though, because that that's all Hydra and and they're they're German and all that kind of shit. For the sake of this, they made him. Sokovian, which ties into Age of Ultron and Civil War and yada, yada, yada. Um, I just got to say, I need more dancing Zemo in my life. <laughs> it's yeah, just pretty great. It was only a three second scene of him dancing at that party, but damn it. I need that more. It was yeah. just so fucking awesome. Like Speaking Zemo of that scene, that's... gotta have a good time. <laughs> uh, Speaking of that, we see them go to Madripoor, which is a uh, kind of a pirate uh, um, haven, if you will. Uh, it exists in the comics, and I think in roughly the same way. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, it was primarily used as a like in the Wolverine comics that Claremont wrote in the eighties, the miniseries. Uh, Wolverine went to Madripoor a lot and it was used a lot with his comics and then later some uh, Black Widow and Captain America stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's very pirate rule kind of thing. Yeah, there's a lot of Easter eggs in this episode when they're walking through the streets of Madripoor that harken back to moments in the comic. Like there's a, there was a place called the princess cafe or something like that, which is where Wolverine frequented a lot mm-hmm. or mermaid. It's a princess or mermaid. I don't fucking remember, but it was the princess bar or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was princess. Um, but yeah. You uh, want to say hi? <laughs> kitty. Kitty. Uh, yeah. They, um, they go and meet up with a, with a woman, uh, named Selby uh, to which they're trying to get information in a way. Um, Basically they're trying to figure out who's making or who wants the super soldier serum that the flag smashers are using Uh, to which Sam then gets a phone call by his sister (laughs) and you see on Zemo and fucking uh, a Bucky's face of just like motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, so and he almost pulled it off like though. Amateur up until the end. You know, yeah, he should have kept his cell phone turned off. Well, that's the thing about Sam in this whole scene was that, or this whole situation was that he was just kind of like dumb to how really fucking lawless it was. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, it added for a lot of great comedy, but um, 
So one of the things that's interesting to me about this episode is that did you guys catch a lot of the weird audio edits? Mm-mm. What do you mean? So there was a uh, there was a problem. They the the plot originally dealt with um, uh, a, a pandemic, if you will, but isolated to a certain location. They had to change this. They wanted to change it because of you know recent events. Um, you know, they're very much, we want people to have fun and not, you know, feel like the, the world's ending. Uh, so in, um, in the scene in the container unit where they're talking to the, to the guy who's cr- trying to create the super soldier serum, uh, there's a few moments well, where if he, you listen real quick, he actually, he actually did recreate it. And I thought he was trying to version of it. He was- no, he made an improved version of it, but the flag smasher stole the last that he had on hand. That's right. Okay. Um, in that scene, there's a, there's a moment where you can hear the audio adjust. Uh, when they're in whatever room uh, the um, uh, Sharon Carter had, there's a scene where Bucky asks her about um, about who the power broker is or something to that effect. I remember what he asked, but when she stands up and walks off camera, her audio adjusts slightly and she says something. Um, this was all like you know, post, uh, post edits because they, they wanted to steer away from pandemic stuff. But, um, like that scene with her, the scene with Carly crying over her, I assume it was her mother, uh, dying of tuberculosis. Um, Mm -hmm. she was actually originally dying of that disease. So, uh, I don't know how much we'll see of that further down the road, but, uh, I personally thought they did a pretty good job with it. Like, I didn't notice it until somebody else pointed it out. So, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, um, but honestly, I do find it fascinating that they did that. Honestly, I didn't notice anything like that. And of course, when I watch it, you know, I watch it on my sound system and I watch it loudly uh, because I want to experience it, and be immersed. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I'm out on it. I mean, like, like, you know that I got the, that new TV in my room, so I have it, like, every fucking... Uh, actually, it's Thursday night when I watch it, when it goes live. It'll be 3 a.m. for you guys, so you guys watch it next morning. But um, I had it loud, too, and I didn't hear the adjustment in audio, but you know people on the internet. They fucking... I just want to say... Super dissect. Walker's a fucking douche. I mm-hmm. don't like him. I cannot wait to see him get his comeuppance. I'm going to cheer. Because, oh, when he was so, like that one dude that spat on him and he lost his shit, I was like, dude, that is not Captain America. That is not Captain America. So that yes. scene right there, that scene right there and how you felt is exactly what they want. They want you to feel that way because my theory on how this is going to play out is um, he's going to go too far. He's going to literally go too far. The fact that, oh, that yeah. Battlestar, the fact that Battlestar was just like, dude, like what the fuck are you doing? You need to chill out. And he was just like, no, fuck you. Um, he's hundred percent going to go too far. The uh, government is going to take the shield away from him, um, and very likely give it back to, uh, to 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 Sam. Very likely give it back to Sam. But I don't know how. We only have three episodes left, so I'm not sure exactly when that's going to happen. But I think my next theory is that when they take the shield away from 
uh, from Walker, they're going to uh, like he's gonna he's kind of gonna lose his shit. And yeah, he, that's when he's gonna become U.S. agent. I don't like him. He's gonna defect from the government and become his own thing, and but still claim that he's Captain America. And I, I, I that's how I think it's gonna play out. I don't think. I really, really don't think that Sam and Bucky are going to have a fight with U.S. Agent. I really, really don't. But the show could surprise me. I don't fucking know. There are a lot of characters in the show, too. A lot yeah, of there are. Yeah. And the fact that we finally saw Sharon Carter, you know, after the events of the movies, you know, we hadn't seen her since, what, the end of Civil War? Uh... Or yeah. was it so it was, to hear that she had been in Madripoor the entire time? Uh, and basically, dude, she's into some shady shit now. Mm-hmm. It's like, is she a trustworthy character anymore or not? Uh, so people are, are questioning if she is uh, working for uh, Zemo or even working for the power broker. Some people think she is the power broker. I've seen that another she- theory that the and this is the most out there, but it does make sense in uh, some some regards that the power broker might be Arnim Zola. You know the oh, guy yeah, who's yeah. the guy that was played by Toby Cooper in the original Captain America, and then he became the downloaded consciousness and right and Civil War or was that was that Civil War? Uh, no, that was, or was uh, that Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier? That was Winter Soldier. Okay. But they think he might have his android body now, which is why nobody ever sees him. And that would be cool. A little far-fetched, but cool. We'll see. see uh, speculation the, is fun. I think that the girl, I can't remember her name, the girl that they ran with for a minute during this show that was also, she's she's she wasn't given a pardon. She yeah, Sharon Carter. You know, yeah, um, I I think she's the power broker. I think it's definitely her. I don't know if she's just giving off this vibe. I don't trust her. I mean, well, that's I that's think, exactly I think what she's still a good person, you know, inside. But I think that you know, she's been through some shit and she's angry and she's pissed and she's ready to seek some vengeance. Yeah, because I think, uh, uh, from what I understand, both uh, Sharon Carter and Zemo did not get dusted. They didn't. They didn't disappear for five years. They've been around with what was going on in the world. So, yeah. whatever's going on with Sharon, it, she's not telling them everything one hundred percent. And that's, I think, what people have noticed as well. They're like, either she's working for the power broker or she is the power broker, but there's some connection there. Yeah, there's a connection um, there somehow. She's involved. She's definitely lying to Bucky and Sam. 100% lying to them about what's going on. So I'm fascinated to see where this continues and goes because uh, there's a lot of questions so far. And and a lot of people have pointed out, like, how are they going to finish this show in three episodes? Like, how are they going to? Because, like, as of right now, it feels like it's been building up to, like, a mid part of the show. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That could surprise us. I mean, a lot of movies are able to tell you know, uh, a really good story in three movies, which is about six hours. So I can't imagine why this show wouldn't either, but seriously, I also think we're going to be getting on. 
What's up? Well, uh, I was just going to say, how enjoyable is Zemo, though? I mean, he was just a fascinating character the entire episode. Well, it honestly reminds me of, I I don't know if you guys ever watched Supernatural, but whenever Crowley's involved and he's the asshole that, you know, everybody loves. I've never seen the show. Oh, it's a good show. Yeah, Yeah, they hang out with Crowley a lot and he hates it, but you still love him. You can't help but love him. And they've got his mom also appears on the show. She's a fucking badass witch. Yeah, I can't believe you guys. Yeah, that's that natural. Oh no, I've tried. I've tried multiple times. I can't get into it. Um, uh, it's hard for we'll me talk to talk about that later. Anything, well, most anything on CW, I have a very difficult time with. Well, it's nah. it's it's not so much that, and it's more that, uh, it's a lot of like, oh, it gets better in the later seasons, and then I I I try to watch it, and I'm just like, I I just can't get through this. It's just not for me. But again, that's a conversation for another day. Yeah. Um, uh, I do get what you're what you're saying though about certain characters where, uh, he's he's shady, but you love him. Like he's kind of, um, he's he exudes charm and charisma. Mm-hmm. He really here's my does. theory for here's my theory for how this show's gonna go. Uh, they're going to end it with defeating Carly. They're gonna end it with. Uh, Walker not getting the shield, but they're not going to end it with Zemo being the bad guy. They're going to end it with something something else being the main villain, and that this show is going to get a season two, unlike WandaVision or a spinoff or a spinoff. I mean, there's Zemo's part of the Thunderbolts, and you know they might be building towards the Thunderbolts show. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, I just don't think I don't think Zemo's the big bad in this. Like I, I assumed he was going to be. No. Um, I, th- I think they're going to finish it with the big bad being the Flag Smashers. Uh, I think we're going to reveal of who the power broker is, but that's also a big maybe, because we're now out of Madripoor. So, um, I think the Flag Smashers are just going to fight the. Uh, I don't know. There's. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm excited. The show keeps giving me what I want. So, <laughs> speaking of what but, um, I want, look at this fresh hot coffee just delivered. Mm. Hey, there you go. Uh, any final thoughts before we move on to grades? No, I don't think so. All righty. Uh, well, Betty, why don't you go ahead and go first and give us a grade on episode three? I give it a B. Um, again, it's good. The story is still interesting. Um, I, I do have a little trouble seeing how they're going to wrap this up, uh, but I'm still interested to see where it goes. So, what about you, Maya? Well, uh, this episode gets an A plus for me just because of Dancing Zemo. <laughs> I'm sorry, just the whole the, whatever he was doing <laughs> was great. Uh, no, it, it, it was solid though. I really enjoyed them being in Madripoor, uh, you know, a comics location. Uh, and we might, we got some teases, uh, when he was talking about Sokovia's neighbors, you know, they've never established what country is next to Sokovia. It could be Latveria. 
You know, we might yeah. get a Dr. Dre cheese. I'm just like, oh, you know, there's so many things, a lot of possibilities with this show. And they still, you know, they're giving us solid, enjoyable content throughout. And, you know, it's just, it keeps my mind wondering and racing where it's going, what's going to happen. Will we see glimpses of this or that? So I'm, 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 I'm really loving it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to give it an A, um, not an A plus. Cause I think that there's a, there's a couple moments in the show that were kind of like, eh, okay, <laughs> but, um, for the most part, I really Zemo, damn it. Yes. Dancing Zemo is great. Uh, it, um, I felt like this episode needed to reveal a little bit more. It didn't feel like it revealed much. Um, if anything at all, like it gave us a little information on, on uh, what the super soldier serum was, was trying to be used for before the flag smashers stole it. And it gave us a glimpse in the fact that flag smashers are willing to now kill. Carly is willing to kill innocence to get her way. So um, I'd also like a little bit more on Walker. Like he's a fascinating character that I hope that, we see more of in this show. So, um, cause we're just getting glimpses of his, you know, losing control. So we'll see. Yeah. And he, he had a line in this to battle story is like, look, you know, we, we have a goal who cares how we get there more. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm summarizing as essentially as what he was saying. He doesn't care to break the rules to circumvent the rules to get what he wants as long as it's attained. So yeah, we'll see Some how far think, go. I did see a, a pretty good theory that people think uh, uh, Carly is going to somehow get to um, Walker after they take his shield away and that, and then he's going to take the super soldier serum uh, to become us agent. I've read that. I think that's solid. That could happen. Possibly, possibly. <clears throat> I know for like I'm a hundred percent sure that he's going to lose control, do something terrible, and the government's going to take the shield away from him. I I fucking feel that in my bones. But as for what happens after that, I'm unsure. But uh, but yeah, um, solid show. We're going to keep watching it. Three more episodes. Excited to see where it goes. So yeah. the next thing we're going to talk about, last thing we're going to talk about of the day, I don't know what's the next thing, uh, is uh, in, in, Invincible, based on the comic book by Robert Kirkman. Um, it premiered on uh, uh, Amazon Prime two weeks ago with the three first episodes. It has aired a fourth episode since, and we're going to continue talking about it every week as the show continues. But right now we're going to talk about the first four episodes. Full-on spoiler alerts, because as I tell people to watch this show, I tell them, just watch the first episode. Watch the first episode and see how you feel at the end of it. They usually go, okay, and then text me after they watch the first episode going, holy shit. And I go, uh-huh. Yep. So, uh, where do we start talking about this? <laughs> where do we begin? Well, I mean, <clears throat> let's start with Omni-Man. Uh, well, the main character is Mark Grayson, uh, who is the son of the world's most powerful superhero, Omni-Man, who is from the planet Viltrum. He's a Viltrumite. So Mark is half Viltrumite, half human. 
and he's waiting to get his superpowers any day. That's essentially what it boils down to. His dad goes off and his hero trying to be home by dinner, uh, you know, teach him life lessons, etc. Um, but yeah, Mark's just trying to deal with school life and his shitty job and <clears throat> responsibilities that he has while secretly, well, not so secretly, he just wants to be a hero and he's looking forward to the day he finally gets his powers and, He's 17, he's not gotten them yet, and he's growing frustrated. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's the best way we can talk about, like, say what's going on and, and without spoiling it. So legitimately, if you have not watched the show, go watch it and then come back, honestly, because we're, we're about to talk about fucking spoilers. And there's a big spoiler in the first episode, at the end of the first episode. So Huge. The show... The show continues on down that path of Mark getting his powers and learning how to use them from his from his dad, uh, meeting up with other care other superheroes, seeing other superheroes. I mean, it starts off with a superhero fight of the Guardians of the Globe, which is kind of a mock up of the Justice League, um, and they're saving the president from two villains. And uh, Omni Man shows up, and yada yada yada. It, it's it seems very standard superhero fare, um, and then. Uh, at the end of the episode, the uh, the guards of the globe are all called to one location. Their little bracelets go off, and it says, you know, it's an emergency. So they head to the guards of the globe headquarters, to which Omni Man uh, proceeds to absolutely rip them apart, literally. Yeah, that was quite a uh, bloody scene there. Nothing <clears throat> yeah. in this episode prepares you for that. Nothing prepares nope. you for it. I mean, you get you get the impression that they don't really like him, and he doesn't really like them. And then you know, you Mark says to him, "I know you don't like teams, but or whatever, you know, or maybe that was episode two, but it's implied that he doesn't like superhero teams. He likes to work freelance. But that doesn't. I I, I wouldn't say that that immediately gives away that he's going to do it. Oh no. No, that's the only inkling you would get that, okay, he doesn't like these guys. They don't like him very much, but that's it. You don't get this whole, he full on just murders them outright. He doesn't just murder them. He fucking slaughters them like a fucking raccoon in a chicken coop. Yeah. I mean, mean, dismemberment, ass blood and guts everywhere. I mean, yeah. It is gross. It is well, he like, takes, takes the one guy and grabs him by his ankles, the Batman character, and grabs him by his ankles and just repeatedly ragdolls him against the ground like the Hulk does Loki in the fucking first so, Avengers movie. You know what's funny? Except you know what's funny about this that? Batman character? Excuse me. What? I was going to say, he only does it. He hits him once and then once more. That's all he does. And then yeah. he throws him at the, uh, the, the green character. The, yeah. The, the, yeah. The Martian. Um, but when he does it, it's like you see his skull split open and like contents of his skull go flying outwards as he's slamming him down. It's gruesome. And it's awesome. The fucking, uh, when he kills... Uh, now in the comics... Go ahead. I was going to say when he kills the Wonder Woman uh, parody, she fucking snaps her neck and her head turns all the way around and she coughs up blood on her own cape and then falls down. I was like, oh my yeah. god. 
It was definitely something. Now, so in in the comics, in in the comics, that that scene happens almost in like it's so fast that you see Omni Man and you see him like take one out each panel. It's really fast. Like he takes them out super fast in the comics. But because animation is a different medium, right? So you have to spend more time showing how badly he fucks them up. So I had read the first four issues of uh, Invincible uh, before this premiered. The first four episodes didn't tell me that was going to happen. When it happens in the show, it doesn't happen in the comic. Um, In the comic, it's the first like three episodes if like those aliens that come through in the age is part of mm-hmm. the first four issues omni-man destroying the guards of the globe does does not happen right away like it does in the show like no, i had no, no fucking clue it was going to happen because i'd only read the first four issues but yeah, i'll tell you what i want to go into the comic sixth now issue oh the comic's great i've not read all of it but i've read some of it but enough to know you know what to expect tonally uh which if you've been I, watching now you know what to expect tonally <laughs> so when this when this show ends or the season ends i'm going to go read the comic i'm going to find a way to read the whole comic because um this show has sparked that interest i need to know what omni man's whole plan is my dad and i have been talking about it every week and or like the past two weeks and we're trying to figure out what his end goal is because when he destroys those aliens in their own like time stream he literally says out loud earth is not yours to conquer he didn't say you're not going to take over my planet yada that it's not yours to conquer he said that very specifically so that leads me to think that he is that viltrumites are not as peaceful as he claims they are um, well, he said that they are. They come to these planets to uh, help these people achieve peace because their their planet is all peaceful and stuff. But it's there true. are certain things that he said during this, like you know, he's made some remarks about humans, you know, ruining the world and stuff. And it's kind of like one of those things where you wonder. It's like, okay, well, does he feel like there's just no hope, and now they have that he has to destroy them. Is that what's going on here? I mean, or did some, uh, do all Viltrums look alike? And maybe he was taken over by another Viltrum who's infiltrated his life. I don't know. I've just got theories. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's, and that's all the show is giving you. Like, I know that people have read the comic, people that probably listen to this podcast have read it and they know exactly what, what Omni-Man's end goal is. Don't fucking ruin it for us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, because I, I'm, I'm invested. Like I can't wait for Friday to watch the show. I think I'm probably more invested in, in, uh, not trying to compare the shows, but I'm way more invested in this than I am Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like this. Yeah. Has me- when we started it, I saw how long the episodes were. I was kind of like, Oh, I don't really want to do this. And I was like, we'll watch a couple episodes tonight and then we'll watch a couple tomorrow and we'll winter soldier and falcon wilter soldier we ended up watching three episodes that night i was like yeah this is this is good and i've already read <laughs> a couple of people i was like yeah this is right up your alley you totally need to watch this i know it's a cartoon but it is not for children 
this is a really good show. So I, yeah, it hooked me. What I love about Amazon right now is that they're like, oh, we're just going to take the shows that make fun of, or not make fun of, but are are dissections of superheroes that everybody knows and do a spin on them. Like we're going to take those comics and make them into shows because I love the tick. I love, I hate that it got canceled. Uh, Mm -hmm. The boys is fucking fantastic because it's Mm -hmm. a dissection of superheroes. And now this show, and I'm just like, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Love it. Uh, yeah, the whole cartoon thing was throwing me off. I have to admit, I was like, uh, I'm not really down with this. And then I started watching. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm actually down with this. Where does it go? You know, because I thought superheroes, comics, all I could think is, you know, growing up and Captain Planet and shit. And I was like, oh, but no, this is really, really good. I mean, some of the stuff has really surprised me, like Monster Girl. Her being 24 years yeah. old and every time she shifts, she becomes younger. It's like a fucking, you know, Jekyll and Dr. Button situation or something. Yeah, Dr. Button. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, like, so speaking of Monster Girl, I want to move over to Robot. What do you guys think is going on with Robot? Because oh, he's his programming is is not set up for the best intent for the people that he's supposed to be working for helping out. I, I don't, I don't trust robot. I have an idea of what he's doing. And I, 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 I don't think he's evil. I think what he's doing is he's intentionally creating um, a villain for his, his guardians of the globe. That's what I think he's doing. Um, possibly that, that that would work that or somebody else is creating I just like the fact I, I, I well, like the fact that Jason Manzoukas is doing the voice of the one guy Rex Rex, Rex Splode yeah Rex I don't think that there, you know a super villain is going to have to be uh, invented in this though because look at what happened at the end of the fourth episode hello kitty and um, when one of those space face suckers got on one of the NASA people that he helped get back to earth you know I mean I don't blame the Martians for wanting to kill them because obviously when they attach to humans they go insane so I mean ew. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how that's going to play out next week because, I mean, and you're not wrong, Betty. I think a, a, a villain doesn't have to be created, but I don't, I think that's Robot's intent is to create a villain for his team that has their DNA so that way the villain has their powers. That's the thought process. But I, I did like what it was episode three when he had to go out to space to fight that one dude, the Cyclops. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know he ends up just talking to him, and it's like a miscommunication. And I thought that was great. Instead of just you know yeah. trying to kick his ass, he actually communicated with him. And then there was like, this isn't you know this planet. No, this is this planet. Oh man, I'm gonna be in so much trouble. You know, I thought that was great. That was totally outside of the typical realm of uh, superheroes and villains. Absolutely. That guy was voiced by Seth Rogen too, which is just. I thought, yeah, I thought that sounded familiar. I was like, "Is that Seth Rogen? Is he in this?" Yeah, he was. 
so you know what what's really funny to me is that that alien that shows up uh he clearly has a relationship with omni-man um because he said like you know you're you're here because of it like he's like he's he's communicating to uh mark like he's his dad like he's nolan and um with that conversation on the moon uh it wasn't so much that he was at the wrong planet he just had the wrong name because the picture was correct yeah um, so i'm trying to figure out what that means exactly like there's an organization in space of aliens that protect planets like what how was that going to play out for future shit like i just there's so many threats there's so many threats i love it i don't know i i i can't get enough of this fucking show it's so and cool. you know you you get that whole thing that marvel uh adapted you know and you you'd love us so well in the 60s giving heroes real life problems you know specifically starting with spider-man and then carrying over into the fantastic four and the x-men uh, you know you get you you see heroes doing normal mundane regular activities like going to school going to work trying to do the whole family thing and it's refreshing it's it's something that you don't get from say oh i don't know the snutter crut um it's just garbage. Do you know how uh, many episodes there's going to be? I don't. Uh, I have ten, I think I read. Episode count. Oh, okay. Uh, hold on. Greg's how many Googling episodes it. of Amazon Prime's Invincible? Invincible has four episodes. It's not what I asked. <laughs> it kind of was. <laughs> I wonder how many episodes it will have. There you go. Okay. How many episodes will Amazon Prime's Invincible have? Four. Motherfucker, I swear I to God. <laughs> you know what's funny? I could have Googled it on the old keyboard and looked it up, but I just like watching you fight with your phone. That's pretty funny. Ask um, it how many episodes are in Series 1 of Invincible. Okay. How many episodes are in series one of Invincible? Four. According to some information I found on Wikipedia. Uh, how many planned episodes are there? Okay. Just how many IMDb. planned episodes of Invincible on Amazon Prime? According Four. to IndieWire, Invincible premieres Friday, March 26th with three episodes. So I don't think there's any information on the internet about this. Okay, here we go. Here's, here's an article that says, how many episodes will there be in Stephen Yoon's superhero show? Uh, it doesn't even say. The article just says three to start okay. off with. So, I don't okay. think that information wow. Well, regardless, well, we're going to be watching on a weekly... Uh, yeah. that was, we're going to be watching it each week until it ends, so... That was funny. Uh, <laughs> just on, just watching you fight with your phone, that was funny. Tell me a dad joke. Are you not going to do it this time? Tell me a joke. 
Well, don't you have to give it like a, you know, is it Alexa? There we go. What do you get when you put a vest on an alligator? An investigator. <laughs> what happens when a frog gets a flat tire? He gets towed. All right, enough of that. <laughs> Straight up dad jokes. <laughs> great. great. Oh, Jesus. Anyway. <laughs> um, why don't we go ahead and give a grade to these four episodes unless you guys have any more thoughts you want to add into the discussion? Um, if no. not, my go first. Oh, this this shows solid fucking A plus so far for me for the first four episodes. I mean, yeah. Some the pacing, you know, sometimes will slow down, but it just gives you more insight into the characters and it's really useful. And I think uh, I, I love everything about it. You know, the art style is almost spot on exactly to the comic art. Uh, I know that the comics things flow a little bit differently and take place in different sequences as we're getting in the show. And that's totally great because I've only read a little bit of the comic myself but I like seeing things mixed up, but they're staying pretty true to the source material. Uh, and that's what I like. I like adaptations done in different styles, different ways. Uh, but yeah, I'm really enjoying this and looking forward to the newest episode this week. What about you, Betty? I definitely also give it an A+. Plus. I thought it was really, really good. Again, hesitation going into it. Uh, but yeah, it, by the end of that first episode, I was like, yeah, I absolutely have to see what's next. And I love <laughs> the banter. You know, they've really done a good job with the uh, character interaction. You know, even though it's a cartoon, I, I did think that it's it's definitely on another level. And I'm very excited to see where it's going to go because it got deep quick. So there's a story mm -hmm. here to tell, and I can't wait to hear it. Greg, I agree with both of you. A plus. Um, I absolutely love how this show is made. Uh, I think the animation is is perfect. Um, it does this really cool thing of when it's when it's static, um, it looks like a like a like a '90s cartoon in a way, and then when it goes into like action, it what's up? Like a computer render, kind of like the old Spider-Man show would do. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, exactly what I was thinking. Um, but when it goes into the the fight sequences or the action bits, uh, it becomes a little bit more um, chaotic animated. Uh, like I've watched that scene where he destroys the Guardians of the Globe multiple times, and it's 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 animated just slightly different, and it's really really cool to me. But the other thing about this show that's just it's just perfect is the the uh, casting. Absolutely yeah. perfect. Uh, I love J.K. Simmons in anything. Yeah, uh, he's the perfect fact for that this he's role. voicing Omni Man. Is awesome. Yeah, I mean, you met, you mentioned Jason Jason Manzuka's fucking Rex Explode. Um, the girl that plays uh, Adam Eve is also really fucking good, and I can't remember who it is. I know, I know, Zazie Beats is doing a voice. Uh, she's uh, the um, she's the girl that that Mark is dating. Yeah. Well, like 
the Guardians of the Globe, they were mainly Walking Dead cast members. Like huh. Lauren Cohen was uh, yeah. War Woman. Uh, the guy that was the Superman clone, that was uh, Ross Mar or uh, what's his name? Ross Marcand. Uh, the uh, one that did Walton, Wal Walton Goggins is uh, Cecil. Walt Gog I love Walt Goggins. Same here. Uh, Jillian Jacobs is Adam Eve. Okay. Zachary Quinto is Robot. Mark Hamill's Art. Clancy Brown is Damien Darkblood. It's fucking perfect. It's I absolutely love fucking Clancy perfect. Brown too. And I love uh, the fact that Damien Darkblood is like basically, you know, Kirkman's take on Hellboy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, like honestly, go look at the cast list on IMDb. It's it's just it's just downright perfect. So, um, and I think with the buzz that people are talking about it and watching it every week, this show's here to stay. Like, I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon because I don't think that this season's going to end the comic book run. Um, no, no. Even well, the comic ran for several years, uh, right? I don't remember the episode count, but Kirkman, I mean, he's a great comic writer. There's a reason why the walking dead was one of the most popular comics there was in print when it's during its run. There's a reason why the show was as popular as it was early on. Um, until it strayed too far from the comics. <laughs> uh, right. But yeah, Kirkman's a great writer and he gets very deep with his characters. And it translates well in this show. Absolutely. Wholeheartedly agree. Uh, yeah, so, like, I mean, honestly, if anyone's on the fence, um, go check out the show. I think you'd really like it. Um, I mean, we did spoil the living hell out of it just now, but... Um, there's a lot really we didn't just, say as well. Yeah, true. there's a whole lot we didn't say. We just spoiled the thing at the end of the first episode, which is... There's, the like, 80 show. things happening in this fucking show, too, so... Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, um, yeah, you got two excellent shows that we're watching every week that we're both that we're all three excited about. So, um, goddamn, fucking kept us going. Uh, let me pull out my notes for the outro because I'm an idiot and didn't do that earlier. So here we go. Okay. Um, well, before we do that, I just want to give a shout out to my husband who turned 59 today. Happy birthday! Oh, I shit. love you. So happy just wanted to get that in there. Yep. Yeah. Happy birthday. Go five, nine. He's a really Seven, cool, five. really nice dude. I've met him on a couple of occasions and I really like the guy. Which, you know. I love him. Well, you should at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't met him, but that's also because I don't you know, live anywhere near you guys. <laughs> yeah. Bad. One of these days. He's never um, home when we do this. <laughs> uh but yeah guys that's gonna do it for us today um next week we like we said earlier we're coming to episode four of falcon and winter soldier and episode five of invincible um make sure you follow us on all the socials down below uh make sure you check out check out the teespring store where you can get a shirt a mug a mask whatever you want with um our animated faces on it i just uh, added go and a follow the new items to it actually uh, a couple oh. of nights ago Cool. Face masks uh, with both just the logo and with the three of us in the artwork. Uh, also, uh, tumblers 
for drinking oh, out of. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So those are some medical order one of those. Some new items that are here, and I'll I'll be adding some more. Uh, That's fantastic. So yeah, check those out. I, I really want to start pushing that because you know, hey, all proceeds go to maintaining the upkeep of the podcast. So yeah, absolutely. Um. Uh, yeah. Also, go check out the YouTube channel. Um, I, I know I say this every fucking week, but I, I really do plan on doing uploads. Um, I don't know to what extent, but I want to do short little like reviews of things on there that I've watched or whatever. Um, I need to do a review on there of Godzilla versus Kong. Um, so hopefully I'll be able to do that soon. Yeah, goddamn mouth. Uh. <laughs> But regardless, also if you if you watch it on the YouTube channel or you subscribe, it helps with the algorithm. Go and even if you listen to it on another platform, go and comment and like the video. That'll boost us in a way. So uh, it all helps. Subscribe, hit the notification bell, give us a thumbs up, give us a thumbs down. I don't care. Just give us give us a little bit of love. Even if you just comment, nice. It helps. So, uh, uh, but. Uh, we try to we try to look good on a weekly basis. We try. We try. Uh, I'm clearly the ugliest of the three of us, so that's whatever. Um, God, I thought that was funnier than it was. Jesus Christ, that hit that hit fucking nothing. No one likes self deprecation to that level, dude. <laughs> self deprecation. That's what the hilarious. most beautiful people say. Uh, Did you say self defecation. Deprecation. I don't know. No, I know you did. I think, uh, yeah, you said you totally said you were into self defecation. I said deprecation. <laughs> Why would I say defecation? I've never fucked up that phrase. I'm not, I'm not Anthony just, for fuck's sake. I'm, I'm just playing. Oh, yeah, with the whole hopper bowl. <laughs> mm -hmm. What was the other? There was another phrase he said that's hilarious too. I don't remember what it was though. I don't know. I know there were times he would he would do updates and you know like have misspellings in the titles of the that were upcoming of the topics you guys were going to cover, and we'd tell him that it was misspelled and he'd go back and he'd misspell it the exact same way and say there I fixed it and it's still wrong, and then you tell him again and go back okay how do you spell it and you tell him he's like okay it's fixed and it's still spelled the exact same way that it was like three and four times. Uh, yeah. Or simple creature. He uh, he told me a long time ago that he has dyslexia, so that's why it's hard for him. To which then I said, "All right, well, the solution is before you upload it, let me see it, <laughs> let me edit it." Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so, so that worked for a little while there, but uh, but yeah. Um, anyway, moving on to the finish of this episode, Maya, where, where can folks find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Facebook under my name, my totally legal name, by the way, Maya Dawn Fisher. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, my Facebook page is public, and those are linked there. You can follow. Uh, if you want to check me out on other shows, I'm on two other podcasts. Both are on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel. Um, one is called Figabangin'. That is an action figure review show. It's a live show. It goes live every other Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, tonight's episode, which was this week's episode, if you're listening on the day that's published, 
we look at the new HasLab Unicron, the largest transformer ever produced. Uh, we're, we're pretty excited about that, you know, trying to really get some views in there. Uh, and, you know, we're a bunch of juveniles when it comes to our humor, so jokes will be made, at, usually at Ace's expense. Uh, and then on Friday nights, um, which this past Friday, we weren't able to go live because of technical issues. Uh, but I have an internet technician coming out to look at my lines to see what is up with my speeds. But yes, Friday nights uh, at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, Nerd Life Syndicate, where my friends and I talk about various things Uh in the nerd entertainment world, you know, via collecting, entertainment, uh, movies, comics, shows, all kinds of different things. Uh, anything nerd-like, nerd-adjacent, we love it. Uh, it's a good time. Had we interact with the chat, have a lot of laughs. Um, but, yeah, that's all the places you can find me. And if you want to check those out, that's the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel. All right. And, Betty, uh, where, where can people find you? You can find me on Facebook under Betty Badger Ogletree, and you can find me on Twitter under Bright Betty. And here, and that's it. What about you, Greg? Uh, you can find me under all socials under Chub Rock Geek. Um, I'm also doing stuff with Anthony now to a certain extent. He's going to be re uploading uh, past videos on Mission Start Tubes. Um, we, uh, we plan on doing. Uh, more game reviews on the site. Um, I just need to actually sit down and fucking record them. I'm really bad about it. Um, but, uh, no, look, look, I'm bad about it. Okay. Um, I, I really want to, the problem is, is that I can't, I can't edit them myself. I have to send him the footage. So like the videos that'll go up on, on the, the all queued up page, will probably be edited via my phone and it's not the best, but it's the best I can do. Um, it's not the quality will be bad. The quality will be fine, but like, I would like, I would like to be able to touch it up a little bit and I just can't do that. I, I can't do that on a computer. I, so I, I have an, I have a suggestion. What's that? Publish it to your YouTube page, make it unlisted or private. Give me the link so I can see it. I can download it and edit what you want and do it for you. I have editing software. If it's for our okay. YouTube channel, this is something I can do. Um, okay. I mean, I'll, I'll see what about that. I mean, I, I've, I can, I can, uh, that, that's the thing is that just talking to the camera, I can edit the, where the problem lies is like, maybe I want a music in the background or um, actually what I want uh, uh, Maya is, um, the theme music to this podcast. I want to put that in the background of the video. So okay. I guess I could just send it to you in that fashion and you could do that. I can do that. Because I can cut. I can I can cut and trim and whatnot on my phone very easily. Okay. It's the adding it's the adding audio and maybe like a intro card or some shit like that. That's tough. So Okay. Um But um but yeah, hopefully we can get that going soon and, and you guys can get more opinions about what I you know I think it shows or some shit like that. Uh, but yeah, then that guys, um, that's it for us this week. Uh, make sure again, you watch the next episodes of Falcon Winter Soldier and, and, and Invincible. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next week. 
Peace, love, and Bollipops. <laughs> Take care, everybody. <laughs>